0: Thanks for joining us today. You're not here by accident. I believe that God is gonna impart a message of hope to you today. And at Summit Christian Center, well, that's what we're all about. Bringing messages of hope to people here and around the world. You can play a part in this by simply going online to summitsa.com. That's summitsa.com and select giving. Your giving enables us to keep the messages going forward. Thanks for joining us today, and may God richly bless you. 1 Kings chapter 4 today, on a happier note, 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. God gave Solomon wisdom and great insight and a wide scope of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. He's smart. Verse 31. He was wiser than anyone else, and his fame spread abroad to surrounding nations, He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life from the great cedars of Lebanon to the small hyssop that grows out of the wall. So the wisdom of Solomon is spoken all the way from the great cedars of Lebanon to the little bitty hyssop, a little bitty paintbrush that springs even out of a stone wall. Now that's a poetic way to say God's wisdom covers the great things in life and the small things in life typically we get infatuated with the great cedars of Lebanon which were these, you'll see a picture huge stately trees that were also used in the building of the temple of God these are great things but the Bible says Solomon had wisdom about the hyssop that's the little plant native to Egypt that can endure scorching heat and even spring out of a wall So Solomon's wisdom covered great things and small things. I think God wants to say to all of us prophetically today, whether you're great or small, and even in your own eyes, you have a destiny, you have a purpose, you're made for great things. And there are scores of Christians who don't have a clue that they're made for a purpose in life. In Acts 13, 36, it says, David, King David, served the purpose of God in his generation. The greatest thing we could say about an epitaph on you at death is this person served the purpose for which God made them. That's the best you can, a silkworm, puking silk, is serving the purpose of God for his creation. I wish we Christians could do that. You do what God made you to do. You become who God made you to become everybody has some purpose and the highest mark of achievement and honor God the creator could give you is to say like David, he or she served the purpose of God in their generation and walk off the stage of human history with a smile. Now most believers think their purpose is just going to heaven. Hey, that's for people who die and you don't look dead yet. Well, Most of you don't look dead yet. So, some of you, knowing that God doesn't reveal all of his purpose at once, can get discouraged asking, Well, where is my great purpose? Where are the great cedars for my life? So, the wisdom of God talks not only about great cedars, but little, insignificant, small things. You know what holds most marriages together? Not a five carat diamond ring not not a uh, a mink coat not a new jaguar not a trip to monte carlo and a condo they divorce all the time it's little things it's a lot a lot of little things i was just checking for approval over here to my left <sniffs> kindness why wow, you look gorgeous have you lost weight good gracious you look slim in that You just you say, well, Rick, I gotta be. You better get smart. Forget sincere. You better get smart. (laughs) I'll take smart over sincere any day. (laughs) Kindness, thoughtfulness, serve someone else, deny yourself, and you say, well, I did that once. (laughs) That's nice, but you have to do it all the time. You have to do it all the time if you're gonna go the distance. So here's your takeaway today. You ready? The great things of destiny spring forth out of the small things of daily faithfulness. The great things you want in life come out of your faithfulness every day in the little things in life. One of the greatest shortstops in Major League Baseball of all time was Ozzie Smith. Played for the Cardinals. A phenomenal guy. But what most people don't know is what made him great. Ozzie would come to practice two hours before all other infielders did. His hitting coach would hit hot bumpy grounders to him and the great things we saw Ozzie do in the games came out of all the little things he did before every game. You don't just show up and you're great. These Olympic champions didn't become great the moment we saw them get a goal. For years they've been practicing, falling, getting back up developing their endurance and muscles over and over and over in all the mundane things, and we only get to see them step on a stage and get a gold medal with an incredible performance. You're not going to get anything great unless you win the lotto. That's about it, or inherit something. Other than that, it's going to take a lot of hard work and faithfulness in a lot of small things. By the way, Ozzy sent me this baseball years ago, somebody gave him my tape, that's back when we had tapes, and I talked about Ozzy Smith, he got the tape and sent me an autographed baseball which proudly is in my bookshelf I just wanted you to know I know somebody famous even Ozzy liked that 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 Beloved, now are we the sons of God, but it doesn't quite yet appear what we shall be that tells me that Right now, in the plan of God, it doesn't yet appear what each of us will exactly be. Not yet. That means destiny is an unfolding thing. It's not all at once. Zechariah chapter 4. This is 500 years before Christ, and God brought Old Testament Israel out of Babylon. They've been in captivity and bondage in Egypt, but God has now restored them, brought them into their own land. And he started to work through some men like Ezra and Nehemiah to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, all broken down, and the temple. So the word of the Lord in this passage to Zerubbabel, verse 6, is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Anything God does is by his spirit, not by my strength, my talent, my ability. Because then I could brag. Verse 7, who art thou, O great mountain? Now, that sounds like a question, but God is speaking it, and it's a challenge. Who are you, cancer? Who are you, unemployment? Who are you, single mother? Who are you, divorced single mom? Who are you? That mountain speaks about difficulties and obstacles and problems standing in front of God's restoration, what he wants to do. So God's word to the mountains you face and I face are, "Who are you, O great mountain?" Meaning you are nothing compared to the God I serve, who can overcome you and bring you down flat. That's what He says. Incredible. Now Nehemiah, chapter four, verse seven through ten. But when I want to move my right arm, this is frustrating. <clears throat> but when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs and Ammonites And the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls were going ahead and the gaps were being closed. They got real angry. When you start working on your marriage, your business, your life, your spiritual life or career, all hell goes online. You didn't have a problem in the world until you decide to improve your financial life, your spiritual life, your marriage life. And then it's like, what happened? Well, you're finding out. (coughs) The enemy does not want you restored. So they became angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there's so much rubble, we can't rebuild the wall. So no doubt about it, the restoration was a great work. Meanwhile, there were mountains, rubbish, obstacles and hindrances to overcome to stop it from coming to pass God the enemy does not want you to be fulfilling what God has for your life he doesn't want any of us to succeed and he'll fight it so what's God's word to us who don't yet see fulfilled all that God has for our life don't despise the day of small things Now, Zerubbabel's involved in rebuilding the temple that had been torn down. It had once been magnificent. People had come from all over the world to see it. But it doesn't look too hot right now. So what do we do while we're waiting on the great thing of God? The big thing God has planned. Because it's easy to be discouraged when you look at where you're going and where you are now. That's true for me too. And the word of the Lord is, until you achieve the big thing... Don't despise the small thing I've put in your hand. And there's something in our human nature that comes from our forefather Adam that tends to despise things that are small, unnoticed, uh, taken for granted, common. And the word despise means to undervalue, not to see any value in it. So we live in a culture that tends to honor the biggest, mega, the richest, the fastest, the thinnest, the buffest, the bustiest. We tend to honor that which is strikingly uh, amazing, spectacular. We like those words. So we honor the big and the powerful. And we walk by and disregard what appears to be common or weak or unpowerful. So while Zerubbabel is attempting to rebuild the temple... The old-timers are getting in the way saying, well, it doesn't look like it used to. And these poor builders are trying to do the best they can to restore it. And some of you at the moment are trying to do the best you can to get through life, raise kids, maybe find a a spouse to finish life with or a a better job or career or, I don't know, a financial breakthrough, whatever it may be. And there tends to be a few, well, it's never going to happen. Well, I just don't see how it's going to happen. And you'll hear that just from friends. You don't even need the enemy talking to you all the time. And there's always an element in human nature that wants to play down, to belittle, and undervalue, something God might be in right now, in the moment, just carrying you through, maybe just keeping the wolf away from the door, maybe just sustaining you. Be careful you don't undervalue what God put in your hand, because the great thing that will come, surely will come, will come out of your being faithful and not undervaluing that small thing. So here's here's my encouragement. Right where you are in whatever you're doing as a believer is God's noblest work. It is for the moment. It may not be the best thing he's going to do, but it is a noble thing he's doing for the moment. You could be involved in the drudgery of everyday uh, ordinariness, right? And be right in the middle of God's plan. Miss it because you don't see small things have value. Because you're looking for the big thing. So I wanna see a faith that comes to all of God's people that not only gives them a sense of destiny, but nobility to the little things they're doing right now. So before the great and big things might be changing diapers, minimum wage employment at McDonald's, flipping hamburgers, unloading a store truck. I remember unloading Sears and Roebuck freight trucks on a back dock. Nobody wanted my autograph. Nobody put me on TV. Nobody thought I had any potential. I just took washer machines and dryers and furniture out on the showroom floor for minimum wage, punched a clock while going to school. But it was important, and I learned a lot by being there. I served other great people. I flew airplanes for other people. I remember serving James Robinson. I remember being in Charlotte, North Carolina. What was your job title? Go for this, go for that, go for this. And I got a call in my room at 4 a.m. and the great prophet was locked in the bathroom with some digestive problem and wanted me to go find buttermilk now nobody saw me on a stage preaching to thousands of people or on TV or writing a book I was just a guy in a Volkswagen going to get buttermilk at 4 a.m. in Charlotte, a little thing but it led to a big thing it led to a big thing and when James Robinson laid hands on me to the let us start Summit Christian Center 30-something years ago, he said to the audience, he never took anything from me, and that was worth everything. Yeah. A bonus check would have been nice, but he said, <laughs> but he said, Ricky never took anything from me and did what I asked him. So you can't be unfaithful in what belongs to somebody else and then get yours. Read Luke 16. Jesus said, if you're unfaithful in a little, you're going to be unfaithful in much. If you won't give from $100, you're not going to give from 100000 If you won't be faithful in the job you have, you won't be more faithful when you get a better job. It's just a simple fact. You've got to be faithful in the little things. And then he said this in Luke 16, if you're not faithful in what belongs to somebody else, Who will give you what belongs to you? You won't get your future. So when you're working for somebody else, you take care of their stuff like it's yours. You borrow somebody's car, somebody's lawnmower, somebody's jet ski, and something goes wrong, you make sure it's washed, waxed, and full of gas. And if you break it, you fix it. And I've told you that over and over. That's been a lifestyle instilled on me by my grandfather. And that way, no matter what you want to borrow, that person is happy to let you have it. Anytime. They never worry about it. I don't care if you burn it because I know I'll get a new one. Well, if I borrow it, you can know that, okay? So if I ask to borrow it, you're safe. And I've, I've, I've bought garage doors at the lake. I can't tell you what I've had to buy. And it wasn't even my fault, but I'm responsible because it was given to me. So I said, okay, I'll assume responsibility for it. So I'm just waiting on somebody out there to get me a boat anyway. That's... <laughs> Okay, so the devil will sit on your shoulder while you're doing little things, saying, oh, you're just wasting your time. You're never going to get a husband doing this. You're never going to get a head doing this. Uh, but this is my destiny. Big deal. It's so unimportant. It's so mediocre. But you've got to get a vision that not only achieving great things, but it's faithfulness and appreciation for small things at the moment. Every demonstration of God that comes out of a destiny has a discipline. Oh, we hate that word. For every call awaiting a commission, there's a college to attend or some education or training to get. For every promise of a promised land that you're going to get when you're in your crummy Egypt, there's a wilderness to go through to develop character in you. And going through those tough times is like basic training in the military. They're going to beat the heck out of you so that the rest of life is a piece of cake. When you get into combat, when you get into battle, you've already been there, done that, got a t-shirt, you're ready. God never lets you take on an opponent you're not ready for unless you promote yourself. So when David walked up to a Goliath, he had already been faithful with little things. He had bumped off coyotes. He had killed a lion. He had killed a bear. That giant wasn't even a problem. But he didn't get that way overnight. He was faithful in small things. He kept his daddy's little sheep, and then God gave him a nation. What could God give you? Are you faithful with the little he's given you? Are you using your talent, your time, your treasure, your money, or are you just sitting on it? Well, then you better just pray and keep on praying, but ain't much going to happen. See? God's never wasting a moment. But if God's working in me, how come I'm stuck where I am, Rick? You've got to remember what I'm doing at the moment, even if it's not what I know I can ultimately do, it is noble in God's sight. Revelation 10, verse 9. You won't like this one. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the scroll. And he says, take, eat it. It will turn your belly sour, but in your mouth it'll be sweet as honey. And when God gives you a word, it's wonderful. It's sweet. Yay, yea, my son, for the Lord has said you shall be and do, or you read scripture and it leaps at you and, wow, that's like an Oreo cookie and milk, that's good, and then the process of getting to it <laughs> will make you throw up, make you sick to your stomach, well, I didn't know I was going to have to do this, well, I didn't know this was going to be part of marriage, well, <coughs> I didn't know Who did know? See, sweet sweet to the mouth, bitter to the belly. And if you can't find God in diapers and washing pots and dishes and grilling hamburgers at McDonald's, unloading freight trucks at a retail store, you won't find God in any big thing either. Don't despise the day of small things. Okay, so the great things of destiny spring forth out of daily faithfulness in little things. Luke 19 is the parable of the pounds. One servant who had one pound hid his. You know what he actually did? He despised it. He undervalued what he had. Well, that's not much. Can't do much with that. What could this big church do with my little offering? Now, you let a thousand people say that, and you got nothing. And then you never get to see what God could do with your little bit. God uses five loaves, two fishes. And even the great disciples said, but what is that? Among so many and God fed 20,000 people and took up 12 baskets a basket full for each unbelieving disciple out of a little lunch or the little widow with two mites and Jesus said she gave more than all you big CEOs or a widow that had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and she ate for a full year because she gave it to God I'm just saying I'm sorry for preaching, but I do have a license. Okay, sorry. Just all I can do is tell you. And so he undervalued what he had. It could be a relationship, a marriage, or a job you undervalue. I, I, I'm trying, brother. I'm trying. <laughs> the man that had the Hillsong worship leader job before Darlene Check showed up, and I'm going back 30 years, got to be the unhappiest man in the world. He tried to split Take the team with him. Take the music with him. He thought they would follow him instead of Brian Houston who couldn't sing if he tried. And I said, Brian, it'll never happen. When he disconnects from you, that's a divine connection. He's dead. He's very talented. He's dead. He's operating in favor that comes from his attachment to you. Watch what happens. And you've never heard his name again. And Darlene Check, who was faithful in a choir, licking stamps in a youth department, unnoticed, uncelebrated, wrote shout to the Lord, and the rest is history. And she made millions of dollars. And what could have been his, because he undervalued it, and his position and where he was, he got nothing, and she got everything. Think about that. When I was a young boy in rock and roll, and we were all stupid and married, the person I married said, if you become a Christian, I'll divorce you. And I became a Christian, and she divorced me and Mrs. Waugh got the benefits of what she undervalued. Yeah. Now my African-American brothers remember, remember a song, uh, uh, oh, Joe Tex, uh, and about skinny legs. Remember that? Does anybody help me out there, brothers? But <laughs> well, you, you can shout. What, what what was the song? He'll take you skinny legs and all. Because some brother doesn't like her, right? Y'all not y'all not helping. That was a good song. That's got a good good moral story to it. Uh, what you despise, somebody else will take. Be so glad to get it. Some of you single gals out there that were married or for whatever reason. Let me tell you something. Don't you start down in yourself. You're still gorgeous. You still got it. And I'm telling you, don't you sell yourself short because you're afraid time will get by. Don't you do it. You no, know, you deserve the best. You believe for the best. You just stay faithful in what you're doing. It's frustrating as the Dickens. Of course it is. But you believe there are great things ahead and God's going to honor your faithfulness. He will. You don't have to settle for something that washed up on the beach. Yeah. I guess I'm not Dr. Phil. All right. Now this guy wanted to wanted great things this servant. He wanted to rule and reign, but his he did disvalued the little thing he had and he didn't use it. The other disciples who got four talents, another guy got two, they valued their talents, invested them and brought forth more. And here's the interesting illustration. Jesus translates their faithfulness in little things into giving them kingdom authority. Ah, because you were faithful. He said, I, you gave me five, I produced ten. And God says, okay, reign over ten cities. He had no idea that was part of his future. He was just being a good steward of what little God put in his hand. And if you understand what I'm saying, you won't frustrate yourself and think of destiny that, that is going to be like quick. It's going to be revealing slowly. It unravels slowly. It's little by little in the kingdom. And until your destiny unfolds, occupy yourself faithfulness wherever you are with whatever you have right now. Now, for the last 150 years, we've had a pie in the sky religion. We just waiting to get out, waiting for Jesus to come and fix things. And I think now it's starting to dawn on a lot of theologians Jesus might be waiting on us to fix up some things on this earth. So, my destiny tomorrow depends on my obedience and faithfulness today. So if I don't value my little thing today, I won't see it translated into kingdom authority tomorrow. How many remember watching the Challenger Space Shuttle blow up? And you know what caused it to blow up? A simple O-ring, a rubber gasket. And the chemical scientists said, do not use this rubber seal at freezing or below. And NASA officials overruled it, and out of the monstrous rocket, all the complex machinery, a simple rubber gasket, an O ring, ruptured, blew up, killed everybody. A little thing. Then there was the other space shuttle. What was it called? The Columbia a challenger in the Columbia, yeah, had a ice cube hit the wing and knock a hole in it. And after they talked about it, they said, well, it's too small to cause any serious damage. And we watched it blow up and disintegrate coming across Texas. A little thing. You start neglecting the little things in your marriage, in your health, in your finances, in your spiritual life, your church, whatever, and your life will end up one big garbage wreck. Oh, it won't be overnight but you're headed that way. So you can change that by learning to be faithful in the small thing. Don't undervalue it. How many feel like I don't have much money? I'm going to undervalue what little I've got. You know, compared to what a guy gets from a rock concert when he goes home. But if you, if you undervalue the little you have, and if you don't undervalue it, and you, you're faithful with the little that you have, God says, I'll translate that into more. If you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful and trustworthy in much. One of the guys in Luke 19 had a destiny to rule 10 cities. He didn't have a clue that was part of his future. But what they did with the little they were given determined their destiny. So they valued the little bit today. One guy saw it as a passport to destiny. Another guy saw it unimportant. So we honor the cedars of Lebanon, but we despise the little seeds that grew them. I ask Christians, what are you doing now? Well, I'm in a job, Rick, but it's just temporary. It's not what I really want to do. And then they start to run down the job. But God's using that job like a raven to feed you. It's there to help you. It's not permanent, so don't cuss it and don't don't be sloppy. Be faithful with it. See? And then they show little esteem for the job that they do have. So it's the esteem you have towards the little you have that makes a difference down the line whether you walk into your destiny or not. Well, nobody could get excited about my work, Rick, but I tell you, God's excited about the job if he gave it to you, you know, taking up the offerings, sitting people, seating them, throwing disruptive people out, (laughs) be the best. Well, Rick, I want to do seminars. Well, let me tell you who'll do seminars at Summit. The people who serve, people who give, people who pick up trash, people who offer their help. We're not going to have some big boat and take come in and do something that's not first a servant. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give. And so everybody in this place ought to have a place to serve at Summit. we got different services, different places that you could use what God's given you to give back. Pay it forward. God says, I didn't Save you to sit on a pew and either like the song or not like it, or like a message and not like it. I saved you to serve. So if you despise little things, God's word says you're unworthy of big things. Why buy a baby grand piano for your daughter when she won't play on a $150 cheap one? You know, why buy your kid a $50 basketball when he leaves his $10 one out in the, the, the rain? You know, why buy a new car when you won't take care of your old car? But our pride works against us. We see ourselves as, well, that's below my dignity. Well, when you ain't got a job and no food, no job is below your dignity. You take any job. And if I had to support my family today and had no job at this age, I'd take any minimum wage job. I would work my way into a place of authority. And the way the work system goes now, it wouldn't take a year to get a promotion because anybody that owns a business wants somebody they can trust can I depend on this girl or this guy, it's not that hard, so we've got I heard a guy say at a restaurant one. well they don't pay me enough to care you mean there's a certain monetary amount that makes you care, if I'm talking to believers that ought to be a blasphemy, see so we've got to learn that what we have today what you have right now has great value What God's doing now is as important in my life as what he's going to do in the future. Our God delights in small beginnings, small things. Human life springs from that which is microscopic. But look at you today. Aren't you women glad you didn't have to birth that? Six foot two, 200 pounds. No, it was microscopic. God loves to reach down to the weak, the small, the ridiculous, and do something wonderful. He says in Corinthians, not many mighty are called, not many celebrities. God picks the unlikely. He picks a hooker in Jericho. He takes a murderer in Egypt, an adulterer named David. All the people that churches would never pick, he picks. And then he redeems them and does something great with them, just so he can confound the wisdom of the mighty to say, I can take anything and do something great with it. I think God gets a kick out of it. When God delivered Israel, it was through the blood of a lamb. Now, you farm people know a lamb has no claws. It has no fangs. It cannot defend itself. A a lamb is helpless. So God uses a dumb lamb to defeat the serpent of Egypt, which was their symbol. God said, I'll take the most helpless, defenseless creature and beat Satan's greatest, strongest, wisest, deadliest with it. And he takes a lamb, and the blood of that lamb was applied with a little hyssop brush. The little hyssop. Got to put the blood there. That plant was so common, it was undervalued. We think if it's plentiful and common, it's not worth much. So God says, I'll use a stuttering Cherokee Indian, Oral Roberts. I'll use a drunken Chicago Sox baseball player, Billy Sundy. I'll use a drug-dealing, drug-convicted addict named Casey Treat and build a great church in the Pacific Northwest. And some of you sitting here. (laughs) Haven't got your bio, but I bet it's a doozy. One day, Samson needed help. He's in a fight of his life. He passed by the jawbone of a donkey. That donkey had already died. And somehow, he thought his life was finished. I guess it's over. The coyotes came and ate on that carcass, ate it down to the bone. Then the ants, they got on those old bones. And they ate everything until they were finished. And then I think God might have said in heaven, Is everybody finished with that donkey? And one day Samson comes by, and that old donkey had his finest hour. Listen, some of you old donkeys in here are going to have your finest hour yet. Thank God. See... When God God wants to deliver a nation from Egypt, he sends a baby floating down the Nile River. And God is laughing. Pharaoh will never figure this out. And his daughter taking an oil of a lay bath. Oh, daddy, can I keep it? Daddy has no clue. He undervalued the small thing, or he would never have let what's going to destroy him and his kingdom into his palace. He didn't see any, just a baby. Prophets are shaken by God's choice. Samuel looks at Jesse's seven sons. They look like Brad Pitt, white teeth. They're buff. And God said, nope. And the prophet says, you got any more kids? Well, yeah, I got one. He's just a kid keeping sheep. Just a small thing. He's just, you know, turning burgers over at McDonald's after school. And David gets anointed and chosen. God does that. See, the little things you see as nothing are the things your faithfulness with it will bring to a great harvest. Are you doing the best you can with the little you have right now? For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SA dot com.